You are now listening to the Moon Child. Revive with me. Alright y'all, today is going to be a fun episode, painful but it's going to be a fun episode, I am going to finally address about the 2020 NBA season, and if you look at my recent episodes, I was wrong about a lot of things that happened, so let's do a little recap of what's happened in the playoffs. So, I mean, let's actually recap of what I said. So, I guaranteed that the Kings will make the playoffs in this little play-in. I was wrong about that. I guaranteed that the Clippers will be facing against the Raptors in the finals. I was wrong about that as well. So, what went wrong? What, 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 what went wrong? I wonder what went wrong. So I'm going to address these things. I'm also going to address the finals. And unfortunately, I have to address the Los Angeles Lakers, which I'm not happy about. But there's still a chance for me to survive the dreadful Laker and LeBron fans. But we'll get to that. But first, I got something to address about my Sacramento Kings. I'm disappointed. And I'm sad, man. I'm sad. We we really took a step down. I thought we, you know, I was fully confident that we'll get a 7th or 8th seed in the playoffs. And we were worse. We were worse. And I'm finna explain about what went wrong. Now, Luke Walton was our coach. I didn't like him the first five games. I didn't. But, as I started seeing the season go by, I have to put more of the blame on the players than, than the coach. On top of that, we did have a lot of injuries. Now, it's been a roller coaster of a season, right? We started off terribly. We started off 0-5, and you know, we got back on track. We got back on track to like 9th and 10th place, and then De'Aaron Fox got injured. Now, when De'Aaron Fox got injured... um. We were in shambles. That team proved without De'Aaron Fox, we are the worst team in the West. If it wasn't for De'Aaron Fox, there is no there is no Sacramento Kings. We're going we're probably not winning twenty games without De'Aaron Fox. And that's not good. On top of that, Bagley was going through major injuries. He played first game of the season. After that first game, he misses twenty five games. Comes back for a week or two, gets injured again. Comes back for the bubble, and then three days before our first game in the bubble, he gets injured again. 
and he's constantly compared, and it, it, it hurts to see him get injured like this, and he's constantly compared to Luka. And it hurts, because we could have had Luka Doncic, but, but I still think there's a lot of potential for Marvin Bagley. And on top of that, Luka has been a professional playing for Real Madrid. If nobody knows what Real Madrid is, it's in the Euro League. It's in Spain. They're going against Barcelona. That is probably the second best league in the world. It's better than college basketball. You know, he's playing against grown men. He's been doing it since he was 16. And he's been with the program since he was like 12 years, 12 years old. He moved away from his family at 11. <clears throat> that dude's not normal. He's a pro already, and he's a superstar. Definitely best player of the draft so far. In that draft, did we need Luka Doncic or did we need a power forward? We needed a power forward. If we get Luka Doncic, I don't know if he has the same success with us because the Kings will probably find a way to fuck his career up, if I'm being honest. Or we might not have De'Aaron Fox. But um, the, what the Mavericks have done, they put Luka in a great situation and he is flourishing there and they built the team around him. Now... I think what the Kings figured out this year, we need to build the team around De'Aaron Fox. Now, what De'Aaron Fox was doing in the bubble was amazing. It was amazing. He was putting up 28, 27 points, at least like seven assists, and he was carrying the team. He's proven that he can become a scorer if he needs to. Now, where thing, let's talk about where things went wrong. So, yeah, we had the injuries, right? And like I said in the roller coaster season, we had the injury. So Darren Fox had got injured. We started losing games, started losing games. At one point at a time, I think around January or late December, we were in 14th place. Only team that had a worse record than us was the Warriors. That's the type of position that we were in. Darren Fox came back, and when January, when 2020 started, we were on a tear because Lou kept put Buddy on the bench. And I'm going to get into Buddy in a second. But he had put Buddy on the bench. Buddy was flourishing off the bench. And Bogdanovich was playing alongside De'Aaron Fox a lot better. And we were winning. We were we were winning. So we that's how we jumped back up to the ninth seed before the coronavirus happened. As y'all know, I was at the game. I was about to go to the Pelicans and Kings game. And whoever won that game had ninth spot at the time. And we would have been two games behind the Grizzlies. But, you know. The virus happened, and we had the bubble situation, which I'm glad my team had a chance to get in that situation. <clears throat> so we get to the bubble, and the first game, we have a good first game. We play against the Spurs, and it was a it was a good game, but we didn't close down the stretch. We didn't we wasn't making good decisions, and De'Aaron Fox, I mean not De'Aaron Fox, um. What's it called? DeMar DeRozan, I mean, showed that why he was an all-star and why Toronto was the number one seed for, I think, two seasons when he was there. And DeMar DeRozan basically closed out the game on us, right? I'm trying to remember who we played the second game. It's such a bad memory, but we ended up getting popped. Oh, yeah, we got popped by the by the Orlando Magic. So we our first two games was probably the easiest ones, except for the Pelicans. And we play against the Magic. We got popped by the Magic. And it's just, the problem is, is the inconsistency from our shooting guards. Yes, I like Bogdanovich. He makes good decisions. But he's too inconsistent. Buddy is inconsistent. 
and he makes bad decisions. Um, when De'Aaron Fox was injured, a lot of the more playmaking, you know, more of a playmaking um, load was on Buddy Hill. You know, Buddy Hill had to start making more plays, you know, with the ball in his hands instead of off the ball and just shooting. And he's a terrible playmaker. He turns the ball over way too much. Bogdanovich turns the ball over less, but they both have the same problems when it comes to scoring. And it's inconsistency. I hold Buddy Hilver at a very high standard. One, for many reasons. First reason is that we traded Boogie for him. Okay? Two, this offseason. The offseason before the season started. On how we were, you know, we were trying to give him a contract. And, you know, he had contract dispute and everything. And he's he comes out and say, who wants to, no, no big time free agent is going to come to Sacramento anyway. And... We found a way to give him a deal with incentives. Now, what I expect from Buddy Heald, I'm going to compare him to some other shooting guards that are in kind of the same situation as him. I'm going to compare him to Zach Levine and Devin Booker. Devin Booker Zach Levine are putting up 27, 26 points per game on worst teams. And... Buddy is getting the same amount of shots as them. And the reason why we fired Dave Yeager is because Dave Yeager kept Buddy limited. So Luke Walton comes, gives Buddy that freedom, and he wasn't succeeding. Zach Levine, Devin Booker, putting up 27 game, shooting better percentage than him. Buddy's only giving me 19-20. On top of that, he shoots more threes than them. And he turns the ball over more. And he doesn't defend as well. So... What's that, what, what that's telling me is that he's not enough. Buddy needs to be on a team where he he's the third, potentially the fourth op, best option. Because as far as our best being our best score is not working. Because when Buddy went to the bench and De'Aaron Fox had to start taking a load as the leading scorer, we started winning games because he playmakes as well and he doesn't turn the ball over as much. So when it came to the bubble... Our shooting guards was an issue. Now Bogdanovich, I really like Bogdanovich's game, even though it was kind, of, it was inconsistent. If you know, if I'm being real, if, if he was being inconsistent in the bubble, I feel like he's somebody that we can build on, especially with his Serbian native, um, Bayalisa being on the team. I feel like he can get better. He makes better decisions, and he's more dynamic. Bogdanovich is one of those rare players in the league who can. Play make at an above average level and shoot at above average level. Buddy, I, I can't say the same about his playmaking at all or his defense. Bogdanovich defends a lot better too. He defends smarter. Um, so the inconsistency our shooting inconsistency of our shooting guards was a problem. And another problem was our our, our big men. I love Rashawn Holmes. But the problem is Rashawn Holmes is too short. He's 6'9 and um, he's basically, he should be a six man. He should be a six man. He shouldn't have to be our starting center. He would be the perfect six man. He has potential. He's like, he's basically like our Montrez Harrell now, but his height gives him his disadvantage. Kind of like the Clippers did, you know, Montrez Harrell, no matter how aggressive he is, he, do, he can't reach to, do, he can't reach to Jokic. So that was the issue for us where just, we couldn't reach defenders. Alex Len can't play for too much minutes. Harry Giles still needs to get better. He's not ready yet. And we didn't have Marvin Bagley. 
and Bayless is not athletic enough, and he's also only 6'9". We need a solid 7-footer at center. We really need a consistent rim protector and a consistent rebounder. I need a guy who can get 11 to 12, 10 to 11, 10 to 12 rebounds a game and snag down real rebounds and rim protect. So we have no rim protection, so teams are able to get to the key on us very easily. So it's really the center and the consistency at shooting guard. Harrison Barnes, do I feel like he's overpaid? Yes, but there's not too many better options at small forward that we could get. And Harrison Barnes does play the most minutes. He can play two, three, and four. And also he plays his role really well, and he gives us that valuable leadership that we need. But we stunk up the bubble for real. We only got two wins, and two of those wins was against the same team, and that was against the Pelicans, who I feel that we're better than. We have a better young core. Because, going back to Laker fans, Brandon, I feel like our young core is better than the Lakers' young core was, even though they had those top three draft picks. Lonzo and Brandon Ingram, I feel like De'Aaron Fo- I think De'Aaron Fox is a better player than both of them. Even though Brandon Ingram got, you know, he plays a different position as well. Even though he got most improved, what De'Aaron Fox is doing for the Kings is is the reason why we even somewhat relevant. He's he's putting up, he's getting better every year. He's he's leading a he's leading a team as a point guard in the West. So um, he's doing a lot better than Lonzo is doing, way better than Lonzo is doing. And he has a bigger he has a, he has a lot more on his shoulders, especially the way how the team regressed. So. It's a tough situation because the way we looked in the bubble, it's like, okay, well, how are we going to compete the next year? And I'm looking at the West, and you just think about the teams that's there, right? And you got to think about the teams that did not make the playoffs. So I look, so if we look at the teams in the West, we got the Lakers, right? We got the Clippers again. We got the Rockets. We got the Portland Trailblazers. The Utah Jazz, the Denver Nuggets, that's six so far. Now, we got the Dallas Mavericks. We got the Oklahoma City Thunder. These are teams that made the playoffs last year. They were looking good. Now, we got the up-and-coming teams, or teams that didn't have a good season this year, but they have really good potential becoming good this next coming up season. I think the Warriors are going to be competing for championships again. Who knows what the Timberwolves are going to do? They got two All-Stars and the number one overall pick. Look at the way the Suns finished off their season. All these teams is looking better than the Kings. I look at the... Um, you also got the Pelicans. Zion's is going to be, Zion is going to be playing a full season. They're going to be able to get a new coach. So they're potentially looking better than us. The only team that I see that's, look, that's probably looking worse than the Kings right now is the Spurs. But the Spurs still have two All-Stars. We have none. So what's this team's direction going forward? They fired my man Vade. Vade is gone. Now everybody had, you know, if you talk to a Kings fan, Kings, if you talk to a Kings fan, they are really, really, really angry. Ain't been, they ain't been to the playoffs since 06. This team is desperate for a win season. So long. Think about that. Not touching the playoffs. Not even having an eighth-seeded team. 
So it's like, what's the team direction going forward? They fired Vlade. Vlade did what he can do. He did a terrible job. I got to be real with it. He tried. He was a man of his word. And if he didn't get it done in two or three years after the boogie trade, he said he was resigned. So resign. So now we got a new GM in Monte McNair. Now, if you don't know who Monte McNair is, he was the assistant GM for the Rockets since, I'm going to say like since 2007. And the Rockets, ever since they got James Harden, made it to the playoffs every year. Now, they've been having playoff disappointment. But they've been building teams, contending for championships every year since 2013. Now, why these guys, because he was a big-time helper with Daryl Morey. And these guys are into analytics. Their analytical philosophy is that they don't believe in the mid-range shot. Three-pointers three are more than two points. They believe that the mid-range shot is a low percentage. So if you see, watch the Rockets play, you see how many threes they shoot, and they don't shoot no mid-range. They go to the basket because it's higher percentage. And how do I feel about that? I pop a blood vessel watching the Rockets every time, to be honest. One second. But I pop a blood vessel watching the Rockets every time because they really, really don't shoot mid-range shots. And it bothers me <laughs> because it'd be open, but they'd rather shoot the three. And one thing I also know about this GM that they're really aggressive with trades. They will make any trade to try to compete for a championship as like they did with Wes Westbrook, Dwight Howard. Chris Paul. So, I wonder how he's going to build this team around because me personally, I don't want Buddy Hill back next year. And we have to make a decision on whether we want Buddy or Bogdanovich. We can't keep both. And the way that this GM's philosophy is, Buddy fits into that system where, you know, if you want to shoot threes. But it doesn't help us defensively. And I feel like we really need a big man. So I'm nervous on what he's going to do, but, you know, I mean, there's no point of not having faith in him. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what he do. And I, I do expect big trades this happen, you know, this offseason to happen, mainly Buddy Hill trades. I don't want to I don't want to keep that contract. So here's what I was thinking. There's two things that we can do. Is that we really need to negotiate with the, the New Jersey Nets. I call them the New Jersey Nets, the Brooklyn Nets. I feel like we are the second best team to trade for with them, otherwise than the Wizards. The Wizards can give them Bradley Beal and receive, and the Wizards can get a good deal by receiving Jared Allen and Karis LeVert for Bradley Beal and some picks because they do need to restart with them two big contracts. It's just not going to work out as far as trying to win a championship. And with that John Wall contract, he's going to be making like $43 million in two years. I don't think them and paying Buddy Hill for 37 plus million, I don't think there's, that's going to get them anywhere. But for us with the Brooklyn Nets, the Brook, Brooklyn can use a shooter. You got two primary scores with KD and Kyrie, and they already have DeAndre Jordan under contract. You know, you give them a guy like Buddy Hill who can space that floor and be that shooter that they can use and space the floor out, and give them a guy like Bay Lisa where they can give us Jared Allen, 
a rim protector, and a center that can run the floor with Fox. And I feel like it'll work out with both ways. And it can give us a pick and we'll give them Bayalisa. That's something that they can potentially make happen. Or another trade that can happen is we get Al Horford. Al Horford has a big contract with Philly. And obviously him being in Philly didn't work out, especially for that contract. We need to experience big men. We have the money to give him that we can take as well is when when it's expiring but this will be like a three-team trade that i feel like that will work for all teams so the 76ers will be receiving chris paul right they'll take that contract the 76ers will give up al horford to sacramento sacramento will be giving up buddy healed to oklahoma city and then as, as well as role players, the Kings will be getting a first-round pick from this and um, getting, getting multiple a first-round and a second round with Al Horford because we are taking on such a big contract. And he's, a aging, he's, he's also aging. But he's what we need. We need that center, and we need the presence like that. And Al Horford will still get it done with us. He was able to play, and he's able to play fast, too, because he, he was playing fast with the Celtics. And... As well, he can defend and he can rebound. He's a very smart player, experienced. Also, also a multiple-time All-Star. Chris, the um, the 76ers will get another floor general that need. That way, Ben Simmons will be able to play inside more. They need another floor general. It can't just be Ben Simmons. There's three teams that need a floor general. Chris Paul might be getting traded this offseason. The Bucks need a floor general. The Clippers need a floor general. And the 76ers need a floor general. I mean, it's been proven, especially through these playoffs, that the more playmakers you have to make plays, the farther you go. And you can see how the Lakers have changed since Rondo has came back. My favorite player, my first favorite player. But back to the Kings. If we can get a big man for Buddy Heald and a pick, then we'll be solid. We, we, we can make something happen. As well, we do have the 12th pick of the draft this year. Hopefully we can get a, a nice small forward or a shooting guard. Now, as the, as far as the direction of the NBA is going, combo guards, 3 and D guys are the guys to get. You need guys who can either be, offensively can either be an above average playmaker and an above average shooter to space out the floor, or a guy who can just play defense really well and guard multiple positions and shoot the three as well as spacing out the floor. And if they want to build this team around Fox, it'll be tough to lose Bayalisa, but it all depends on how Bagley comes back. That's really what things come down to. If Bagley can be that number two pick that we drafted, because I think he has Chris Bosh potential. I think he has 20 and 10 potential. He can play the power forward. I think his jump shot is good enough to play the power forward. I think he will get better at shooting that jump shot. His mid-range is definitely there. He can post up smaller defenders. He has a good post game. And he has an amazing second jump. Injuries is the only thing that's been derailing him. He hasn't got a chance to get in rhythm of an NBA season and play more than 50 games in a season. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. And I'm still it's still interesting about what position he'll be playing, whether the center or the power forward. Now, his defense is not good enough, I believe, to be playing center. But I think he can make it work at power forward. Now... 
as far as who we draft is exactly what I said. We need either an above average playmaker and a guy who could stretch the floor, which is probably hard to find at 12, but there's been good, some good draft picks at 12 or 13. You know, you got Devin Booker, Kobe Bryant, Donovan Mitchell. We can get somebody good with that pick, depending on who we draft. Um, but this team needs to go around Fox. Needs to go around Fox. And to build a team around Fox, we need shooters. We need guys that can space the floor and that can play fast. But we also need guys that can defend. I feel like the if out of the two options that I named out between playmaker, a guy who's above average playmaker, and a 3 and D guy, we need a 3 and D guy more than we need to, you know, because we already got Bogdanovich unless we don't re-sign him. And the last thing, so, the, you know, back to recapping what the Kings need. Um, 3D guy, uh, a consistent center, and a backup point guard. Now, I value backup point guards. I really back up, value backup point guards and guys that six men. Six men has become some one of the most important positions. If you look at the team in the finals right now, it's, it's, it's about who has the deepest team or the best bench. And now, so, you know, if you think about the Lakers, they have a Hall of Fame point guard as their backup, running the show, running the show. On top of that, they have AD or LeBron in the game at all times. And when Rondo's in the game with AD, is just, that's, that's easy money. It's easy money. Rondo gives the ball perfectly where AD needs it. And AD's going to do it. Now, and on top of that, when LeBron's in the game with Rondo, LeBron could turn into a slasher. Rondo's going to find him where he needed. He's a primary playmaker. Now, think of, look at the teams that did good. Look at what OKC did. Nobody talks about him, but Dennis Schroeder was a big part of that team. What he was doing off the bench was amazing. Even the Kings. When we went on that run, Buddy Hill was that guy coming off the six men. But... I don't want to be paying him $20 million for a six-man. It's just not happening. You look at the Miami Heat. Goran Dragic was a six-man for most of the year. Now he's starting, but they still got Kendrick Nunn coming off the bench. Duncan Robinson coming off the bench. Andre Iguodala coming off the bench. Having that bench depth is really, really important. And that's what I thought the Lakers struggled with. Um, but the way playoff Rondo is he just makes the whole team better where he got enough shooters on his team like Kuzma and KCP and then he always has a seven footer like Dwight Howard another Hall of Famer or JaVale McGee on top of that having AD or LeBron in the game at all times so the things that the Kings need to work on is a backup point guard a 3 and D guy and a consistent center now it's it's can I say that we're going to make the playoffs next year? No, I, I can't say that. I, I can't. It, it's, it's looking tough in the West. Now, I'm just hoping that Monte McNair could save his franchise and get this team a playoff berth that they've been so desperately wanting and that this Kings fans deserve. Okay? Well, we're going to see what happens with that. So, let's get into, now I'm done with my Kings. Let's get into the next thing. So my predictions, my favorite player in the league, I got to address him, Kawhi Leonard. 
It was painful to see the Clippers lose, but I didn't care too much for the Clippers. I just felt bad for my man Kawhi. I feel like the Clippers did too much talking, um, and I, I feel like they made excuses about the chemistry. The chemistry obviously wasn't there, but they're not the only team who's in their first team's first year together. Look at the Lakers; they're in their first year. Look at the look. Kemba's first year is with the Celtics. Look at the Miami Heat. This is their this is their first year playing as a um, as a group. So what went wrong is that the Nuggets were a better team. They were a better team from top to bottom. Um, their bench was way better. They have so many guys who can put the ball on the floor, and they and they w- are willing to move the ball. They're willing to move it and make that open pa- pass. I've seen them live before. They have so many guys that can take you off the dribble. That's how the Heat is, but. They just couldn't compete with LeBron and AD. But as far as the Clippers, what, what the problem was, was one, their size. Joker was just having fun. He can shoot over them if he wanted. It's easy for him to make passes. There was no real length to to bother Jokic. And if you put Zubak in there, Jokic is just, you know, barbecue chicken on him. And when I was realizing watching the Clippers, so... Game two was Kawhi's fault. I mean, also, and also game seven. But every other game, he's played perfect, like offense and defense. And every game that he played bad, Paul George found a way to play worse. And on top of that, they didn't have no floor general. When came when it came down to the stretch, Kawhi was literally their best playmaker, and it shouldn't be like that. Um, that's not. It, it, he can make it his game, but that it shouldn't be. That's not the strength of it. It's like Kobe. Kobe, you don't want. You rather have Kobe get and get to his spots and positions where he could score, and that's where Derek Fisher would set him up. But Pat Bev was not looking like a playmaker. He was just out there running around. Lou Williams wasn't is not the best willing playmaker either. So it was at a point where Kawhi had to make the plays. And he had, you know, he was the floor general at the same time. Where when he was in Toronto, he had Fred VanVleet and Kyle Lowry being those playmakers. That way, so Kawhi can get into his spots and dominate and do what he do. So yeah, they lacked a floor general um, down the stretch, and he had a he had an off night on Game Seven. Now, as and we all know Paul George. Um, this is where I blame Kawhi. Kawhi is not a good GM, and that's why I gotta give credit to LeBron. <laughs> Kawhi was had it had the power. As we all know, he had the power to get Paul George to the Clippers, and when he was signing with the Clippers, he said the Clippers wasn't good enough. That you know they need another superstar. Paul George didn't look nothing like a superstar in the playoffs, and what they gave up for Paul George probably could have helped him more than what Paul George gave him. Now, look who they gave up. They gave up a shitload of picks, right? But they gave up Shea, and they gave up Danilo Gallinari. And I think, and I'm thinking like, hmm. Now, what if he had Shea and Danilo, Danilo Gallinari? Would their defense have been the same? Well, it didn't matter, because at the end of the day, Jamal Murray was pulling up shots in Paul George's face anyway. And if they had Danilo Gallinari, I'm pretty sure Danilo Gallinari would have put up more points than PG on a consistent basis. 
And Shea would have been that consistent playmaker coming into his second year because he had a really good rookie season. He's the reason why that he was so he's the reason why Paul George was able to make it to LA because of Shea's trade value. On top of that, they would have been in a better position financially because Danilo Gallinari's contract expires. So they would have been able to maybe sign somebody else. On top of keeping that core together with Shea at your starting point guard instead of Pat Bev. That way Pat Bev can come off the bench, play with Lou Will and Montrez Harrell. So on top of that, they would have had picks to build on from that Chris Paul trade. So they lost all those picks and then they just received Paul George. And they didn't win anything. So I'm thinking, and with them losing Shea is they lost their playmaker. Now it's hard for me. It's hard for me to say that if I was to make them my finals favorite, if they didn't have Paul George. But who knows what it would have gone. Maybe Kawhi would have joined a team with much better chemistry. I truly think Paul George fucked things up. And the talk and leading up to it and telling Dame getting ready to pack their bags and stuff when they're the ones packing their bags, it, it, it should be embarrassed. And yeah, I was I was wrong about them. The Clippers weren't who we thought they were. And I really didn't like how they made excuses about, you know, the chemistry. Because that's the type of things that you got to figure out. And these are guys, at the end of the day, that didn't win anything yet either. So, very disappointing of the Clippers. And, yeah, I'm, and I'm disappointed with Kawhi's... I'm, di- I'm disappointed with Kawhi's GM moves, okay? And if I go to the Eastern Conference... So yeah, and the Lakers ended up going to the finals. I'll get in the finals in a second. And I'll discuss the Lakers. So you Laker fans, hold on. Uh, and we'll go to the Eastern Conference. I thought the Raptors were going to go to the finals. They went, it was either the Raptors or the Celtics for me. And I had the either the Raptors or Celtics beating the Bucks to go to the finals. And Raptors and Celtics won seven games. Celtics found a way to get in. You know, they, they're the one who fought and they got through. But man, the Miami Heat, man. Gotta love the type of brand of basketball they're playing. They play together. They set so many, so many off-ball screens. And they remind me of the Warriors a little bit. And that's just what makes the Warriors so great because the the level that Steph Curry and Klay Thompson's on. But, you know, you can't... I mean, three-point three-pointers are more than two. And they're making a lot of threes at a high level with Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero on top of having guys that can control a game like Jimmy Butler and Goran Dragic and Goran Dragic was a legend in Phoenix he was on a weak team doing the same things that Devin Booker was doing not putting up 27 but Goran Dragic was giving you 22 to 23 a game when he was in Phoenix on top of eight assists his team was just shit so Goran Dragic is the Luka Dantic before Luka he's just not 6-7 they're both Slovenian that's the guy if you see the interviews that's the guy who Luka looks up to Goran Dragic. He's the he's that guy. He's the first like famous Slovenian basketball player that made it in the NBA. And Luka is the second, and he's about to take it to another level. So, I'm looking at this Heat roster, and they have they you know it was already preached through the regular season that they had the Giannis stopper, and that's Bam, and that's exactly what they did. They know how to build a good wall, and they know how to play good team defense. It's just there, and they play hard and together. So, now, going to the finals. Going to the finals. 
the Los Angeles Lakers. Now it pains me to say this, man. Like, I did not want to see this happen. And I know I'm going to give the Lakers the credit where credit is due. I'm not going to hate. I know people are saying, oh, this is the easiest path. That That's a myth, okay? This is, everybody was put in the same position in this bubble circumstance. Everybody was going through the same shit. And the strongest teams are pulling through right now. Yeah, okay, they played a sort of injured Blazers team. They still had to win, though. They played the Rockets. They used their advantage. They didn't shoot threes with them. They just took their big guys to the key. That's not their that's not their fault that the Rockets built their team 6'5 and under. 6'7 and under. And they took care of a very hot Nuggets team. And they closed out a game five that two teams failed to do. So with the Lakers. Gotta give LeBron his credit. I like I like the way he closed out game five. But the best player in the world, I you know, I've been saying this Kawhi all year. Right now, the best player in the world is Anthony Davis. Why? Well, one, if you think of Giannis, right? Giannis the MVP and what he was doing. Um Anthony Davis is just as good defensively. And he almost won Defensive Player of the Year as well. Now he has to share with LeBron. He has to share the limelight with LeBron. But he's still putting up 27 points a game and getting 10 plus rebounds. On top of that, he's guarding every position. He's the biggest threat defensively. The rim, I mean, is ever since he came in the league, in the league, his rim protection is unreal. It's unreal, and it's it's kind of crazy how he's never got Defensive Player of the Year. Like, his stat lines in New Orleans was just crazy. He's been the best big man in the league since 2015, right? And the difference of between him and Giannis is that Anthony Davis can shoot it. He's doing post fadeaways. He's shooting the open three. He's actually a threat from the three-point line in the mid-range area. And also, he's going to kill you inside. Anthony Davis don't got no signature move. He is a straight bucket getter. A tenacious rebounder, an elite, one of the best shot blockers in history. And he's lived up to his potential. He's won a national championship in college in his one year. He was the number one overall pick, and he's exceeding his expectations. And the only thing he doesn't have is the true accolades and the MVP and the NBA championship, where now he's put in a position to do that, playing alongside a guy like LeBron James. And he's become became LeBron James' best teammate that LeBron has ever had in his career due to the fact that he's a big man. And when you have a dominant big man, you need a guy, you know, every dominant big man needs that other guy to, like, win championships. Kareem, he had Magic Johnson. Shaq, he had Kobe. He had Dwayne Wade. So, now he has LeBron James, so... If, if the Lakers are able to win three championships in a row, we're talking about the best duo since Kobe and Shaq right here. Now, moving on to LeBron. I think <laughs> LeBron, if, if LeBron won the championship this year, he's tied with the GOAT for me. He's tied with Jordan for me. If he can get me two, he's goaded. He's goaded for me. You know, until some other player probably passed, but... LeBron will officially be the GOAT for me if he gets two in L.A. If he can get two. 
I need two from him for him to get that GOAT title. If he can get one this year, he's tied with the GOAT for me because if you win a championship this year, I I, I have to give credit where credit is due. <clears throat> and the way he closed out the Nuggets, it was, it, it was really impressive. I just, you got to give it up like that. And he's been playing more defense. So um, the Lakers are definitely a favorite. Now, if I was to put money on it, I would have Lakers in six. Actually, no. Yeah, I would have um, Lakers in six if I was to put serious money. But as far as my prediction go, I got to go with the underdog. And I'm hoping that the underdog wins. Because I would love to see Laker fans sad. That's just the truth. I would love to see it. I need y'all to feel that pain. Because y'all don't deserve this. Um, Laker fans act like they've been in a struggle. Y'all have not been in a struggle. Y'all have been gifted with LeBron James coming to your team after being consistently bad. But y'all have advantages that no other team has by having Hollywood and the op and how the ways that players are controlling the league. You know, they're making their own decisions. They're basically the real gyms because these type of superstars hold more power. And they like to go to big markets like L.A., who doesn't want to live in L.A. And so a three-year-old can be a GM for the Lakers and still make this happen. Uh, Laker fans have been in the playoffs or in the finals every decade. Um, so y'all have not been through no real struggle. The only thing that was a struggle was watching your team get exposed by trying to build a team from scratch through draft picks and developing young players. And y'all proving that y'all can't do that unless a superstar comes. So y'all have not been through no real struggle. And this is coming from a Sacramento Kings fan who's watched my team really struggle. And they don't have the advantages with free agents like the Lakers do. So, Laker fans do not deserve this, nor do LeBron LeBron fans either. What's funny about this is that y'all are going to be rooting against a team that y'all were just cheering for six years ago. LeBron fans are really annoying. Texting my boy Q and, um, you know, I'm giving LeBron credit and he's talking about that's LeBron with the capital L. You know, so you just see the ignorance. It's the ignorance for me. But... As far as this Miami Heat team, the, the most interesting part is now Jimmy, here's this interesting stat. Jimmy Butler record versus LeBron head to head. He's 17 and 17. We all know Jimmy's going to go at it, but is that going to stop LeBron? LeBron's not going to be stopped. LeBron's going to still get his triple double. Now here's what I'm going to be paying attention to. Now let's talk about why the Heat is so special. It's because they stopped the number one team and that's the Bucks. And they were the Giannis stopper. They do have a good chance. AD's the best player in the league right now. But if there's any team that has a chance to stop AD and build that wall, is the Miami Heat. They proved when to stop that big guy. And Bam is very, very versatile. He is the Ben Wallace of our league right now. This Miami Heat team reminds me of the Detroit Pistons from 2004 to 2007 that made four consecutive Eastern Conference Finals appearances. You got your Rip Hamilton. That's Tyler Hero and um, Duncan Robinson. Rip Hamilton, as you know, he never stopped moving out the ball. Got Chauncey Billups. That's their Goran Dragic and Kendrick Nunn. You got Teron Prince, even Jimmy Butler, but Jimmy Butler is an upgraded version of that. But Ben Wallace was that X-Factor on defense, four-time defensive player of the year. 
Bam has that same potential, and the impact that he has is is what you want in a big man in today's league. He can guard the point guard, the shooting guard, the small forward, the power forward, and the center while rebounding him. But he can also push the ball up, make plays, make passes, set good screens, run the floor. And he's at a he's very agile, great foot speed. So it's going to be interesting with that matchup with AD because it's not going to be Bam just stopping AD by itself. That's not possible. But it's a team defense. Now, but the thing is, what separates AD and Giannis is that AD has a jump shot. If AD starts making jump shots, just close it over. It's over. It's over. If he starts making jump shots, he's getting going. It's over. LeBron will not win finals MVP if the Lakers win. It will be Anthony Davis. I hope it's Anthony Davis because the defensive impact on top of his offensive impact. Laker, if you look at if Anthony Davis don't get un, over 25 points, the Lakers lose. They go at his engine. LeBron controls the game. He controls the tempo, but they Anthony Davis is the real engine. And everybody knows that. But it's the fact that LeBron's doing this at 35, which is really impressive. And this is his... He made it to his 10th final, I want to say. And he's been to the final like 8 times out of 10 in this, in this decade. Or 9 times out of 10 in this decade. And the one year he didn't make it is because he was injured. That's wow. You know? Wow. So, I'm hoping it's the, the Heat in 7. If I was to put money. Lakers in 6. Oh, but man, it's going to be stressful for y'all Laker fans watching this. It's going to be stressful. You're watching finals basketball again because you know if you lose y'all gonna hear my mouth for real so pretty sure everybody's rooting for the heat except for laker fans lebron fans and laker fans and there's a lot of lebron and laker fans so it's gonna be an interesting finals i do tip my hat to the lakers though i'm not taking anything against them the fans y'all don't deserve this though y'all don't y'all really don't all right, y'all don't deserve it. Y'all haven't been through no pain, okay? Y'all don't deserve it at all. But I do tip my hat to the credit to the Lakers. I'm not gonna take any credit away from them because this is the hardest. This is probably potentially the hardest season to win a championship, and no other team is gonna have to do it like this. So they will get my tip. They will get my credit, but we don't have to worry about that yet because y'all haven't won anything yet. Just to let y'all know. So. We're going to see how the finals is going. I'll keep it updated. Um, I'll try to, hopefully I can watch all the games. I know I can't watch the one on Saturday, but I could watch game one tomorrow. Got work on Saturday, but I'll find a way to stream it from my phone. And we're going to see what happens in the finals. We're finally at this point. And the finals is, set, the finals is going to be in October. So this is an exciting time of sports right now, kind of, especially with you know everything coming back. My A's play today. I hope they can push for a World Series. They play in a couple of minutes. So we got some exciting things coming up. And yeah, as far as sports today, maybe probably probably get another episode about sports next week. And yeah, I'm going to end it here. Fuck the Lakers. Coming from a Kings fan. But hey, congratulations. Y'all are in the finals. Hopefully y'all choke it. Peace.